All right. Hello, Idiots on Parade, the 2Ugly for TV podcast. Hi, Jake. How's it going? Things are well here. How's it going in New York City? It's going nice, man. It's cold, but uh, whatever, man. I'm inside all day. Oh, there you go. Lots to talk about today. Something that I don't really have much to say about, but I just want to get this out. Uh, uh, but I, I keep forgetting. Every podcast I listen to does introductions. Uh, that's Jake Vevra, who is a comedian in New York City. I am Nathan Timmel, Midwest comedian. And uh, so that's that's who you're listening to for the Idiots on, Idiots on Parade. If you are discovering us for the first time, should always give our names up front for the new people. The uh, returning people know who we are. Um Right up front, I don't have a lot to say about this, but I do want to say, uh, say something before I forget. I read the brand new book on Robin Williams, and it's something like four or 500 pages. Dude, I tore through it in two and a half days. It's, it's, really? It's really well written. It's as tragic as you'd expect because we all know the ending. There's no surprise twist at the end. We know what he does. But just really, just a wonderfully written book. Couldn't get enough of it. Um, it... it it does what I like about books, which is it, it doesn't do too much on his childhood. It just sort of like, all right, it lays the foundation and then gets into everything. So you it, it learned the lessons from uh, Star Wars Episode One, Two, and Three, right? We we don't need that shit. <laughs> well, yeah, because I I read memoirs that are like they 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 go on and on about the childhood, and it's like, okay, we get it. He was a kid, but it's 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 not usually interesting. It's you know, this this lays the foundation. He moved a lot. Um, he didn't have a lot of friends, so he had an active imagination, and he became Robin Williams' uh, legend. Yeah, unless so, it's like Malala or somebody. Most kids have pretty fucking boring childhoods. Yes, very well put. But, uh, Jake, I recommend it to you. I recommend it to the listeners. The Robin Williams book, I, it's just called Robin. That's that's the title of the book, and I really enjoyed it. So there you go. Book review at the top of the, the podcast this week. Nice. I'll check it out, man. All right, um, so this, what I'm about to say, parlays into one of the news stories I sent you that we could talk about this week. I had a lovely visit with some uh, Mormon missionaries the other day. They, they, it's funny because I've, I've, when more, they didn't come to the house. We were, I was walking down the street and we made eye contact. So of course that's an invitation. And they're like, hi, and I'm a nice enough fella. So I, hello. And then can we talk to you about Jesus? And I'm like, why not? So we talked. I haven't talked about, to any Mormon missionaries lately, but I did have sex in the mi missionary position while wearing underpants and it felt pretty Mormon. I got to tell you. <laughs> I like that. Um, but here, here's the funny thing is they said uh, something that I've heard before. This is the third set of missionaries I've ever talked to, and all three have told me the same thing. They said, you know, you're the first person to stop and talk to us today. And the last two groups that came to my house both said, you know, you're the only person that talked to us all week. And one, said, one group said that I was the only one duo, not group because they're always in pairs. But one of them said, uh, you were the only person that has ever talked to us. Usually they just get the door closed in their face or nobody answers the door, and I actually sat down and talked with them. So that makes me feel good, is that Mormons like me. I'm, I'm affable. I, I'm approachable. Yeah, but did you troll them afterwards? Because that's what I'm expecting. No, I just, I, I think we find each other mutually fascinating. I, yeah. I don't understand their delusion, so I like talking to them about it, and they don't understand my heresy, so they like talking to me about that. And, and did you show them you porn? You might no. have converted a few of them. 
<laughs> well, that's the thing is I wish I had uh, maintained because they said, hey, we because I said this one took place on a city street where we just stood around and talked for about 15 minutes. And they said they'd love to do a follow up at my house. And I said, nah, I don't feel like giving you my address. And like 10 minutes later, I wished I had give them given them the address because I would love to have had them come over and maybe record it where you have a, a, a heathen and those that are saved having a discussion about what we each believe because they you know, they're Mormons. They believe weird shit. And, and I was not shy about telling them, like, I, I don't understand why you believe what you believe. But I learned something new about these missionaries. Um, they are... You should have given them the address of the porn shop real quick. Just give oh. them, like, like, a brothel or something like that. You know, I don't have it memorized. I, I know where it is. We all know where it is in Iowa City. It's that little... Uh, it's down on the south side. You turn left when you're going south on that road, uh, whatever. Clinton, Clinton, not Clinton Street. Either way. Um, Gilbert? Yeah, it's off of Gilbert. I think so. What I, what I discovered is I have Mormon friends, and they're just normal people. You know, they, they watch movies. They read books. They, they go online. They, they're, they're, they're normal people. When Mormons are missionaries for two years, they are isolated from everything. Because I made a joke uh, about the missionary that was killed on the island, and they didn't know what I was talking about at first. And I had oh, to. Oh, they're keeping that news the hell away from them. Well, <laughs> what missionaries <laughs> killed by a bunch of dudes with arrows and shit? That never happened. <laughs> Sounds like more of the heathens' lies to me. Yeah, a bunch of secular lies. Don't believe their media. Dude never got killed for trying to preach Jesus to. Naked tribe people out in the middle of nowhere. Well, they they actually had when I, when I explained it to them, they said, "Oh yes, yes, we did sort of hear of that through our minder." So what happens is is like I said, I know Mormons and they are normal people. They drive cars, they 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 have cell phones, but during their two years of missionary work, they are not allowed to be distracted from. Sp- spreading the message so they don't go online they don't watch television they don't do a goddamn thing except try and spread the word for those two years and then they said they all think hillary clinton is the president right now <laughs> well they said yeah because they get there and i said to them i said that's kind of odd like I, i'm not trying to compare the mormon church to china but you know china is a totalitarian nation where the internet is censored and everything is funneled through the government so you're saying you get news that has been filtered for your consumption and they sort of they're like yeah i guess you could look at it that way i'm like well i'm not kind of looking at it that way i am looking at it that way because that's what you just told me um and yeah, the said, headlines read a little bit different about that guy in Utah. It said, uh, man killed for uh, preaching regular Bible instead of Joseph Smith's Bible to natives. If had it been the right <laughs> one, uh, the arrows would have missed, and they would all be wearing magical underpants right now instead of those heathen loincloths they got on now. <laughs> that's funny. But um, I guess that's all I w- where I was going with it is they, they, they compared it to Malcolm Gladwell and the 10,000-hour concept. They said that when they just focus on this for two years, and they, they were very happy about it. They said, you know, in, in two years, then we go to college and we get married and raise families and watch movies. and they, But, you know, first you put in your two years. It's your conscription. It's your two-year service. And I had never known that. And I'm, I'm like, wow, you, you, you fuckers do sacrifice. I mean— you sacrifice overall by being Mormon and missing out on the great world around you, uh, in a sense. But, man, for two years, your life has got to be pretty fucking boring. But they were chipper, nice, happy, upbeat guys just loving what they were doing, and I liked talking to them. Well, yeah, man, if you think about it, if you're just wrapped up in 
you know, magical stories that you think is real and you're not getting anything else, you're gonna as long as as long as you're not doubting it, as long as you believe it, you're gonna be pretty happy, man, because while they're 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 only getting the magical underpants stories, they're not getting, you know, uh, Fox and MSNBC, well, the president's a dick. Well, everybody that doesn't like the president is a dick. Well, like they're not getting any of that negativity in their in their in their mind, man, in their psyche. That is a goddamned good point. And and the one guy um, who expressed it to me said, look, I, I just want other people to feel the way I do, and I achieved this through uh, the power of Christ, and I want to give that to others. So it was genuine. He was genuinely interested in having people feel good, and I was generally curious and confused as to how made-up stories could make someone feel good. As I said, I'm interested in their delusion, and they are interested in my heresy. So... That's, yeah. but let's, let's. I really blew a Mormon missionary's mind a couple weeks ago. I gave him a cupcake that had psilocybin mushrooms in it. I told him, "You want to pray to Joseph Smith, or do you want to meet the guy?" And uh, he ate it, and he hasn't. <laughs> uh, he ripped his magical underpants and ran around the woods singing. You know, and I haven't seen him since. I, I, I hope he's up to good things. Uh, but segueing that into, and I just. I love this story, the story of John Allen Chow, the missionary who did go to the island and get killed. Um, this this new story that came out about him, oh my goodness, I absolutely love it, the story I sent you. So listeners, if you did not see this, I mean, everybody knows about, unless you're a missionary listening right now, and you're, you shouldn't be listening, you sh- if you're a missionary, you shouldn't be listening, Um Everyone knows the story of John Allen Chow, the missionary that went to the island, the forbidden island in India, and was killed by bow and arrows, as, as we've talked about. But this new story, oh my God. So he prepared for this using practice runs. And I love the, the headline, John Chow aced missionary boot camp, reality proved a harsher test. So they set up a mock village in the wood inhabited by missionaries dressed in odd thrift store clothes, pretending not to understand a word of English, and his job was to try and win them over. So they're faking it. They're faking that you go to a place where they don't speak English and they're not used to foreigners, and and they said that he won them over. This is all fake. You're, you're, you're doing you know like, what it's like? It's, 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 it's kind of like having a girlfriend who fakes a really good orgasm. You know what I'm saying? And uh, she makes you feel like you've really worked for it, and then bam— it throws out fake orgasms with, uh, with, 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 with straight-up porn star-level passion. And then you get a real girlfriend that isn't faking orgasms. And, well, now, by golly, you got to work for it. And uh, that's what he found out when he got to that, that island. And the, um, the, the tribe's people there had arrows. They didn't have that in the practice run. They had <laughs> arrows this time. And it, it's anybody gets a false confidence in them when they uh, went over missionaries who are using uh, Nerf arrows. Once you get hit with the real thing, though, man, much, much worse. <laughs> well, I just I love your comparison to the faking orgasm. That's fantastic. But I just love the idea that, again, I keep using the word delusion. I love the, the fact that they were so delusional that their their test run was going to be anything even close to accurate, where, like, I, I, I find myself picturing this test run where he goes to talk to the white people dressed in thrift store clothes to represent natives, and what happens? He shows up and they go, No, no, Jesus. He holds out a Bible and says, Jesus. And they go, Huh? 
and then they're automatically won over, and then they say, wow, you really passed that test. Like, that is going to work when you get into a real-world situation where people don't understand English or give a fuck about whatever you believe. The idea that he won over white people who could understand him and saying that that was... Somehow a precursor. Well, that's why, like, as as much as we're joking around about it, I feel bad for the kid, man. It's he he was a nice dude. He wanted to help people. Like, if you read the guy's journal, he he wasn't uh, he wasn't talking about these people like they were savages. He really thought he was doing something good for him. He was brainwashed by these fucking idiots who were like, "Yeah, go to this remote place in wherever the fuck and try to you know win these people over." And you're just you're you're setting that guy up. To, to put himself in a dangerous situation. And I, I just, I, I more feel bad for the kid than anything, you know? Um, he, he he really felt like what he was doing was going to help these people somehow. And it, yeah, yeah it, on, on a base level, of course it was fucking dumb, man. Like, it, it, you even had the Indian government telling you, A, it's illegal to go there by our laws, uh, and, and B, um, it, they're not a hostile, or they're not a friendly tribe. They're a hostile tribe. Like, some, some tribes are friendly, some are not. When, um, when European settlers first came to America, there were some tribes who were like, ooh, look at these Europeans, I'm going to teach them to make a, a turkey. And there were other tribes who were like, ooh, look at these guys, I'm going to use their dead bodies to decorate my horse. Guess what kind of tribe this was, you know what I mean? And, and the Indian government was telling them, dude, they will fucking kill you. They kill anybody that comes near them. They, they, it's, it's a hostile tribe. Like they're, you're, you're gonna get killed. Not only that, but even if it was a, um, a friendly tribe, it would still be illegal to go there. It's still illegal in most of these places to, to, you know, if it's, if it's a government that gives a fuck about the indigenous people that are still, for the most part, uncontacted, because um, you can get them sick and kill them. Like ninety percent of the population that was in America and, you know, North America, South America died when the Europeans came here. Most of it was not from the fighting, contrary to popular belief. Most of it was because they didn't have, uh, you know, they they didn't have immune systems. uh, They didn't have immunities yet to, like, smallpox and the Black Plague and shit. That's what killed most people. You could sneeze on a Bible and wipe out everybody on that fucking island from the sniffles. So... That's why it's illegal to go there. And the fact that you're, people would have told him this if he made it that far, or if you just do any fucking research outside of your little Jesus camp, it would, it would tell you that. It would well, tell actually, you- let me interrupt you. He did uh, understand that in a way and apparently did isolate himself for two days or two weeks to make sure he wasn't sick, even though you don't know if you're carrying a disease. No. You know, you might not have the sniffles, but you still might be carrying it. But he was aware, so he did take precautions. And I do agree with you that he was a really nice guy and as, as he even said, don't blame these people. If they kill me, I'm going in eyes open. That said, I it's... My my friend Barrett, who you has been on here and you've talked to, um, he and I recorded over Thanksgiving since I couldn't get in touch with you. Uh, he had a really good take on it that what you I mean he is brainwashed he is uh, by by this camp, but my Barrett's take on it was 
he was told all these things. He was told to stay away. And in this age of Instagram and Twitter fame where you do one thing big and become famous where, you know, I made fun of people that uh, are, are known for taking extreme selfies and dying. Like they're, they're, they're these bloggers that go around and we take extreme selfies and every so often they die. I'm right. like, well, there you go. Um, that that's what he was doing. Instead of doing years and years of missionary work and building up to this island, he was a young guy that was like, I'm going to go to this island first. I'm going to make my mark. Nobody else has done it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the guy that broke through. And that's why you can still feel bad for him, but ultimately it is his fault. He was given warning. It's not like well, he no, just stumbled upon fault. it. And yeah, I'll, I'll definitely say that. Um, that being said, it's, it's sort of like, I guess my second take on this, you know how anytime some sort of animal cruelty comes up, I always say, like, I can only bitch about this so much, unless it's it's very extreme, you know what I mean? Like, I can only bitch about this so much because I eat meat, because I support factory farming. So, unless you're a vegetarian, unless you're a vegan, you can't really talk too much shit about animal rights. You know, you, you just can't. You're a fucking hypocrite. I will say the same thing about this kid. We are fucking atheists on this show. So we will shit on his idiotic religious beliefs. But this is a kid who believed in the... I mean, he re, he fucking walked the walk. You know what I mean? Like, he believed in that fucking nonsense that he preached. Now, it's nonsense, and it's dumb, but he believed in it. And it got him it, killed. And, he, and, he, and it got him killed, but he fucking believed it. Whereas, like, everybody else in this country, for the most part, looks at this kid and goes, what a fucking idiot. But, like, most of them, they're, they're religious to some level, so it's like, why would he... Why would he go there and try to preach the word of God to, you know, people who live on an island and, you know, don't have Jesus in their hearts? Shouldn't he just sit in, in his mega church and try to convince old people who are scared of the fact that they're about to die uh, to, to give them, to give him all of their social security money so he can buy a private jet? Shouldn't he do that and then turn away uh, uh, hurricane victims? Shouldn't he be... Um, uh, don't just going every Sunday and donating money to a massive uh, world organization who covers up pedophilia. Why, why is he going to this island, that dumb motherfucker? You know, like, he, I, I, I feel like I have more respect for him than I do most religious people in this country. I would if... If uh, he had written out... He said he wanted to bring the word of Jesus to them to save them. If he had done missionary work where you read about how they go to camps where kids are starving and they're bringing food because they believe that that brings them closer to Christ, that would make more sense to me than him saying, I need to get the word of Jesus to these people to save them because they're going to go to hell if I don't do that. Because they didn't, from all intents and purposes and everything I've read, they didn't need food, they didn't need medicine, they wanted to be left alone. The fact that he wanted to go there strictly to impose his bullshit on them takes away from what you're saying. I mean, he believed it, I hear where you're coming from, but if you really, really believe that you have to do the work of God, go where you are needed, not where you are not wanted. I guess that's just my take. No, that's, no, and I, and I, I agree with that, dumb thing to do. It, it, it would have been uh, much more helpful where they're, where they're starving and shit and could use a sandwich. They had sandwiches on the island. They had little island sandwiches. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they're like, we don't need your island sandwich or your god. We have uh, we have the whale god. Every now and then some big fucking thing comes out of the water. Uh, we sacrifice the chicken, and that's what makes it rain. You know what I mean? Like, they, they, they got their shit there. Whatever it is, they got it there. 
They're not starving. They've been there for like tens of thousands of years. Whereas like, he's like, listen, you guys are causing global warming and fucking up your own food supply. We're, 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 we're good here. We, we got it. But, uh, you know, I, he, he believed that like these people had never had contact with other human beings and so they've never had contact with Jesus, and they're going to burn in hell for all of eternity. You know, I, 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 according to his fucking nonsense, he, he was worried about their eternal soul because that's what those idiots preach, and he at least believed it. Now, the other people who are like, oh, well, yeah, I, I'll fucking give money to Joel Olstein so he can buy a seventh private jet. You know, like it, it, those guys don't believe in a single fucking word of what they preach. They're just trying to get your goddamn money and get rich. Good point, and I, I I do not argue a point with that. I agree with you. I do want to go sideways with it, though, um, because you made me—I think we agree with each other like 80 90%, and then there's 10% different, which is good. I am texting you right now. Um, you brought up PETA and uh, chickens, and it made me think of this picture I saw. I'm going to describe it to the listeners. It's from PETA. Uh, it, it has a, a black guy and a white guy in bed— uh, they're laying on their back, sort of not looking at one another. They're, they're staring up at the ceiling. And sitting between them is a chicken. And it says, meat interrupts your sex life. Meat and dairy clog your arteries and can lead to erectile dysfunction. Uh, go vegan. Go veg- find Fruits and vegetables do the opposite. Go vegan. And I just find this ad hilarious because of, first of all, the politically correct nature. I mean, one has to be a black guy and a white guy. Two, has to be guys. Got to make it gay. You know, like they're really going politically correct. But I think Peter this wouldn't could... show a man and a woman of the same race. That would be fascism. Exactly. But I just love the idea that this could backfire on them <laughs> with the Christian community because it's like Christians could say, well, we thought the Bible cured gay, but apparently meat is the only thing that cures gay. So let's get uh, some steak and chicken into gay guys so they can no longer have gay sex. That's what this ad looks like, is two two despondent gay men who can't have sex because they ate chicken. So I guess uh, we always thought the Bible would cure gay. It turns out it's a good steak. A good steak cures gay, according to this ad. I, I guess, man, but... Uh... I, I, I will say the ad's ridiculous because they're saying, well, meat and dairy does it. Well, yeah, the, the ultra-processed stuff, just because it's not good for you, like anything that's not good for you is going gonna, is gonna to restrict your blood flow, and that's, that's going to fuck with your ability to get erections, right? But not all meat is bad for you. Like, are you telling me if, if I eat raw salmon every day, that's going to be bad for my sex life, you fucking idiots? Like, what do you, you're, you're completely taking that out of context, and, and you're, you're basically putting all meat and dairy, on, you're, you're assigning it the nutritional level of a Big Mac, and that's just not true. No, I agree. I, that's why I think it's silly. I, I, that's why I love the fact that, like I said, it hits the politically correct, like, so perfectly, but it is misleading. Are, are they trying to, I mean, because they do say fruits and veggies are the way to go, so, but it's... I it's, didn't like that they were calling those two guys fruits, man. I found that shit pretty <laughs> offensive. I'm going to hit them at their own game. All And those and, guys were and, cisgender, too. I think there's enough cisgendered people getting hired for fucking modeling gigs. You know what I'm saying? This ain't only, 1957, PETA. Up your game. Not only could they be calling them fruits, they are laying prone in bed. How do we know they're not vegetables? How do we know there are not two wheelchairs right outside of that? That's uh, We got two slanders in one ad. 
Yeah, that's true. Where's the vegetable models, huh? How come just because a motherfucker can move his his arms and legs, oh, we're going to hire him over the guy that can't. Why? Because we're bigoted. We're PETA. We, we like fruits and not vegetables. Hire a vegetable. Give me a, tomaco- a comatose model, you bastards. <laughs> Terry Shivo earning a living laying in bed. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. I want to jump stories now. Um, oh, I couldn't tell you how silly this headline this one made me laugh um stormy daniels lawyer michael avenetti announces he will not run for president and he cites wanting to spend time with his family <laughs> i was like dude you just got arrested for domestic abuse whether or not it's real or contrived you are a you're you're basically a trump guy without the charisma of trump like no one was going to vote for him for president. They, they, when he floated that I might run for president, I think you and I even talked about it. Like, it, it's just not going to work. People say, some people say that we that the, the left needs uh, a Trump-style uh, politician, someone that's going to give it like Trump does. It wouldn't work. So I just think it's funny that this guy... <laughs> it, would... I would have I loved to see the debates, you know what I'm saying? I never thought I would have to say this about anyone. We cannot have a man this sleazy running the country. He is, he's <laughs> sleazy. He's bad for women. We can't have him running things. Out of respect for my family, I will would not run. Like, come on, dude. You had no. It's just like the cheapest out. I, why not just say, I have no fucking chance to run? Or why, why even announce, I'm not going to run? He said, I may run. And then just don't do it. And if someone says, hey, I thought you might run for president. Yeah, I thought I might. And I'm just not doing it. Why? Eh, just didn't think I could win. This idea that he's doing it for his family is the cheapest bullshit. It's, it's such a weak lie. It's just fucked up and funny. And I, I think it's I, I just I love it when people I'm not get running for president. I, uh, I need to worry about my family. Uh, if I'm out there on the road campaigning, who the fuck is going to stay home and beat my wife? <laughs> All right, uh, moving on. Um, okay, let's let's do this. Nor- this story. This story didn't get as big as I thought it would. Um, this story to me was sort of a I don't want to say clickbait, but uh, my mind pictured something different between the headline and the actual story. Does that make sense? I read the headline, I started to picture something, and then I read the story. Um, Sent this to you. Uh, hopefully listeners are familiar with it. Minneapolis police erected a racist, and that's funny that racist is in quotes, a racist Christmas tree in a majority black neighborhood. So what, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear that headline, Jake? Um, the quotes changed it for me. So when I, when I, see, the, uh, when I see it in quotes, I, I'm starting to think like um, they, whoever wrote this doesn't really think it's that racist. Well, to me, it's funny because even without the quote, when I see the word, the first thing I thought of was a Christmas tree filled with swastikas, the Confederate flag, a Klan ornament, like a little hoodie. And I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be horrible. Like we see, we hear all the time uh, of nooses that are placed by African-Americans. There was one last week. It was a story on General Motors where they didn't combat racism and In recent years, black workers have found nooses at their stations. Not, we're talking like 1970s. We're talking, you know, the the, the teens of the 20,000, you know, 2016. So that's where my mind goes. I see nooses on Christmas trees. And then I read the story, and it's like, oh, yeah, there's a pack of Newport cigarettes, a bag of Funyuns, some grape soda. And it's like, 
okay, those are cheap stereotypes, and yes, it's racist, but to me, it there's a whole big different level between the Confederate flag and a pack of Newports. And well, there is, but it's it's still pretty in poor taste at a, it at, is in at, poor a, taste. at a police department. You know what I mean? Like, it, especially now when everything is getting pictures and going up on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and shit. Like, you gotta. Why are you gonna risk losing your fucking job over a prank Christmas tree? You know what I'm saying? Like, this it's ridiculous. No, it is ridiculous. I'm not defending it. I'm just talking about the difference between... Although I will say this, the the Daily Show made fun of it, and they had one of their black correspondents, Roy Wood Jr., talk about it, and, he's, and I thought his line was fantastic. He said, it's nice to see that the racists are finally paying attention to us, like that they're using stereotypes that have a basis in truth as opposed to... Uh, and I can't remember exactly what he said, but everything listed here, the, the grape soda, the, the Newport cigarettes, those are stereotypes that have unfortunate hints of truth to them. It's not like they're going off the deep end and making shit up. It's racist, it's wrong, it's silly, but it also, like I said, the, the headline to me pictured it much worse than what it turned out to be to me this is no that a- was pretty much on the level that I expected man I didn't think that a police department would have like you know Confederate flags and swastika and shit I, I, I figured it was probably something along these lines man I it to me it, it it lined up with my expectations I thought it would be less than that uh because the like racist was in quotes so I was like whoever wrote this and this is the Washington Post you know um so I I didn't think that it would be that you know that far you know i i didn't because that's yeah yeah like at, at a police station you you probably probably shouldn't have that sort of shit you know what i mean it's no, gonna I look agree. bad in to an me, age when everybody been, is though... trying to call every cop a racist anyway you, you know what i mean just because one guy in fucking cleveland shot a guy you shouldn't have now every cop everywhere is a fucking racist for for two weeks and in a time like that you're gonna fucking put a, a christmas tree in your police station with newports and fucking grape soda and fried chicken and shit all over it like that, that come on man you can't be doing that shit no i agree but to me the headline should have been something like police station uh, decides to put up a poorly themed bad joke Christmas tree. Like, like, like this to me is a really, really bad joke that the, the two officers are like, oh, this will be funny because, it, and it's not. And so that's why I think when it gets into the, the outrage and the uproar over racism, like you said, I, maybe we're so conditioned to it, but that's why my mind immediately goes to the worst of the worst. And then I see this, and I'm like, well, that's bad, but that's not where my mind went. That's, it's not good. No, but no in fact, any, if anything, no, just because, because it had the word racist in quotes, I thought it was going to be less than this, honestly. All right, well, you you. I thought it, it would be like, uh, the, the Jesus on the Christmas tree is too white. This is white supremacy. Like, I thought it was going to be something stupid like that. You know what I mean? But yeah, <laughs> like, yeah I, I can see why people are a little bit upset about this. You, okay, I like that. You you got it the the way it should. So we we land in the middle, whereas you went uh, too low and I went too high, and uh, it's somewhere in the middle. I thought it would be worse. You thought it would be uh, not as as bad. I can see where you're coming from, though. It absolutely could have been. Why are the lights on that Christmas tree so white? Yeah, I I thought yeah. it was going to be something ridiculous. That's it. It could have been something like that, where we don't feel that it represents uh, the uniqueness of the neighborhood because of the way you just described it. So why is it a Christmas tree and not a Kwanzaa tree? <laughs> like that's, that's <laughs> what I thought when I saw that it, it uh, a racist in quotes. 
And that, I mean, and that shows how we are, I mean, two people can look at the same story, the same headline, and get two completely opposite uh, reactions to it. Have to, so I like that. that. That's interesting that we both looked at it differently. But this, yeah. Now, now, am I saying that, like, oh, this is the most horrible thing that's ever happened, and these these people should be immediately fired? Like, eh, no, but you should fucking definitely maybe suspend them. Maybe you, you know, fucking make make goddamn sure it doesn't happen again. You know, let them know, like, hey, this isn't fucking cool. Like, you, you know, um, we 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 sort of w w where is this Minneapolis? Yeah, Minneapolis. This is to me where the idea of that's sensitivity a really training fucking progressive comes in. city too. Of course, they're gonna yeah. fucking get upset about that. Well, this, this to me is where the idea of sensitivity training comes in. Where Should they be fired? Eh, I don't know. I wouldn't really defend them too much, but I, I wouldn't also yeah. scream oh, for their heads. If they get fired, I, that's not going to be my hill to die on. No, 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 no not at all. <laughs> but I do agree there. that they should Hashtag be put through some keep counseling. Keep the fucking racist Christmas trees with, uh, uh, carrying guns around black neighborhoods. No, no, no. That's, that's not, uh, yeah. I, I, I get why they would get fired. Um, I'm just saying they, they, they meant it as a joke. It was a bad joke. It was, it was an offensive joke. You shouldn't fucking do it. Um, you know, that being said, it's, it's, it's definitely more than nothing, but it's, it's, not, it's not as bad as it could be. Yeah, meet with some community leaders, uh, a pastor or two, to hear, you know, like, hey, this is why this was offensive to us. And I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but it, it, they, <sighs> they should have to talk about it with, with people, leaders of the, of the community and uh, and make right by it all right a couple more stories uh this one nothing really to talk I think, about in fact actually i think i think they should go one step further uh instead of a, a big white racist star on top of the tree i think it should be a giant glowing al sharpton that is what i think they should put on top of the tree <laughs> but then someone will get mad at that and say that they're mocking al sharpton because nobody no, is no, no. ever satisfied he's, he's gonna have a halo and and and, and a, uh, a a mighty scepter it's, it's, it's going to be respectable. Yes, yes. Uh, I was going to do the Giuliani one, but we can close on that because there's not much to say about it. Let's, let's stick with jokes. Let's go um, former Saturday Night Live writer booted from a college event for, again in quotes, offensive jokes report. And uh, they said, that I've read four or five articles on this, um, not just the one I sent you, but I read the article from, I think, Columbia University, and every single article uses the same joke as to the point where he went too far, where there's a gay black man in his neighborhood, and he said there's no way gay is a choice. And his quote is, no one looks in the mirror and thinks, this black thing is too easy. Let me just add another thing to it. He's saying that, and, and I, I don't under, here, here's two things. Like the last time a comedian got taken off stage, my problem is with that this is not original. I, I have gay family members who right, have said right. the same thing. They said, why would I choose to be gay? Why would I choose to be persecuted? So he's not breaking any new ground with that comment. And then the other part is, how is this even remotely offensive? Who, and we've talked about colleges and my experience. I just look at it as, again, kids are too sensitive. You are overprotecting them. And I, is your take the same as it was last time, which is that you understand it's just a level of uh, command where, look, if anybody gets pissed off at anything, then they have to write about it. What, what did you think when you thought this, saw this story? Yeah, I, I didn't see what the fuck they were that upset about. I, I think it's, it's more they, they just hear certain buzzwords and they panic, you know? They're, well, 
they're all oh, we we don't want to be seen as this and i i would be shocked if anybody in the audience was that offended by the joke i think it was more they they heard the topic of the joke and they they just panicked and they were like oh we can't you know we we don't want to be seen as homophobic no and and they just we, without really listening to it they just kind of yanked them because yeah that if it yeah there's been a million fucking people that have made that same joke just phrased it a little bit different well, and the nice thing about the article, or at least several, they, they admit that the audience reaction was mixed. When, when he got taken off the stage, some people were like, uh, he didn't do anything wrong. And others were like golf clapping, like, yes, let's keep this safe. And then they interviewed students after. And one guy said, uh, well, he wasn't the most crass comedian I've ever heard, but it was inappropriate. And another said, uh, these jokes didn't phase me. Uh, it might have provoked some members of the audience, but I watch a lot of comedy and, you know, uh, here's my favorite part. Is she actually said, Ellie Ferguson, her quote is, as someone who watches comedy a lot, none of them were jokes that I hadn't heard before, and none of them were jokes that elicited such a response in my experience to get him removed. So she's even saying, if you see a lot of comedy, you're going to see everything he said. Yeah, and I, I think she more meant, like, I would hope that she meant, um, uh, I've I've heard those topics talked about in comedy, so you don't really need to go say. But yeah, it would be funny if she was sitting there saying, "Yeah, word for word, man. Uh, about a quarter of his material was Aziz. Uh, about another quarter was like late George Carlin stuff." Well, I wouldn't. Uh, say, I don't think but, she's saying word for word. I think she's yeah, saying yeah. not just topical, but like even the phrasing. It's like you. It's 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 nothing that hasn't been done before. But it's, right, just, it's right. just a case of, like you say, buzzwords, panic, and the first thing is, well, let's just make sure uh, by by getting the comedian out there, let's just end the show, let's just stop it here, as opposed to challenging people to listen to the content. And that, to me, is what's But depressing. I don't even think that's really challenging. Like, if, if you listen to what he's saying, um, I, I think, if anything, it's just sort of like, uh, yeah, we know. I mean, because I guess I guess the the message of that joke is that being gay is not a choice, contrary to what people used to say. Well, but no, it's no. like if they're if they're in a college, you know what I'm saying? If they're I in a college, I don't think that's the message that's challenging. I think it's the the challenge is to not knee jerk react to the buzzword, to the, right. the trigger. That's word. what I think a lot of it is. But I think also what what might have been a, what might have struck people as a little odd. Is that it's like, yeah, you're you're at a fucking college in 2018. We know it's not a choice and shit. Like, what do you... That would be like going in front of that same crowd. You, you know what? I don't have a problem with interracial dating, huh? <laughs> it's just like, yeah, no one here does. What, what's your fucking point? Get on with it. Well, I think that that's exactly what the person who said she wasn't offended agreed with you. It was the guy that said that it's inappropriate for this audience. That's who I'm talking to is... Unless you're saying it's inappropriate because it's so trite, but I don't think that's the <laughs> I don't think that's the approach he took. I think he was saying you know it's what I don't have a problem with, uh, and I'm not afraid to say this in, in 2018 in front of a liberal college. Uh, black people sitting at the front of the bus. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally cool with it. I'm the most progressive man that ever lived. <laughs> All Here's right, let's, 30 minutes of material on it. Let's close thing out. Uh, this out with I, I don't really have anything to say to this other than I just love it when shit like this happens. This this always amuses me. Uh, Rudy Giuliani tweeted something in support of Trump, but he fucked up. And what he did was he part of his tweet created a hyperlink because he, cre he, he accidentally he forgot to put a space after a period. So it created a web link. Well, it was a web link to a site that didn't exist. So someone quickly bought the domain. And uh, I can't remember 
um, what did he put? Uh, where, oh, I lost it. Like it, it basically said fuck Trump, but very nicely. It said Trump is a is a traitor or something like that. And so then Giuliani got super pissed that his tweet now linked to a site that said Trump sucks and lashed out at Twitter saying that Twitter did this. It's like I love it when people fuck up. Someone takes advantage of the fuck up, and then the person that fucked up gets angry at an outside source and not themselves. That to me is amusing. Yeah, he should just—he should just turn around and be like, "Look, I'm a, I'm a fucking seventy-year-old man. I don't—I'm not good with tweeting. I'm not I'm not good with technology. What I thought I'd be doing. Yeah, I, I didn't think I'd be doing this bullshit. I didn't think you know that being the attorney general twenty years from now would involve tweeting and just fucking getting on my phone and, and, and typing little things in. Like this is this crazy to me. And that's true. He is an old man and. The elderly are not great with technology. I found the message. It's Donald J. Trump is a traitor to our country. Is So that's all. You, you click on Giuliani's link, which wasn't <laughs> his link. And it just says, Donald J. Trump is a traitor to our country. And I just but I like, find that dude, amusing. Most of, his, most of his supporters are old people that ain't good with technology. He could just endear himself to them and be like, I fucking suck with tweeting and, and, and so do my voters. And they would all cheer and be like, yeah, fucking phones. Goddamn smartphones. What's wrong with flip phones? Well, uh, that would be Giuliani, because that's the other funny part about it is Trump is fucking fantastic with Twitter. I mean, he fucks that's up true. and has um, spelling errors like Kofifi, and he spells things wrong. But as, as a tool to the media, Trump is the most goddamn effective politician there is out there who tweets. So, so. Oh, yeah, he's all over that shit. He is, he is. All right, Jake, anything exciting you want to talk about as we wrap up here today? I talked about the Robin Williams book, my my uh, run-in with missionaries. I think that's all I have really going on. I did yeah, see this. Me, I didn't uh, click the article, but I did see that uh, um, MoviePass is restructuring for 2019. So nice. uh, <laughs> it's still out there. It's still alive. I can, I can only imagine what that involves. Like, yeah, listen, um, you can still see the movies, but... Um, you just don't get a seat. You have to stand in the corner with a dunce cap on that says movie pass. That is how you watch the thing the whole time. Also, there is an usher right next to you shining a flashlight on you uh, to make in sure that eyes. you didn't sneak in any food or, or, or vodka, which I know that you fuckers like to do. Especially in New York. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, if uh, you enjoy our stuff, then please review us. Give us nice reviews on Apple. It matters. Uh, share us with friends and uh, message us if you want us to talk about something that you think is worth talking about. All right. JakeVevera.com. NathanTimmel.com. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for sharing it with friends and saying nice things about us. All right. Bye bye. Later. Later.